This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the well-fortified Sentinel bunker, sponsored by the DSA Accelerationist Caucus. Man, how you feeling over there, Sam? Is it just me, or is it bipartisan in here? <laughs> I'm feeling the bipartisanship. I, I let the blue wave crash upon me last night, and then as it receded back to the sea, it left nothing but all these purple little starfish on the beach. Here's one thing where I can find common ground with President Trump. I fucking hate Jeff Sessions. Yes. <laughs> He's the big gone. news here, Jeff Sessions out, gone. Yeah. <laughs> get gone. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> get, get out. That's right. Wow. Jeff Sessions, I remember two years ago, pretty much two years ago to this day, the scariest thing about the Trump presidency was Jeff Sessions being attorney general. Yeah. He was, I, if I'm not mistaken, he was nominated pretty much immediately. It was, it was either way. It was obvious that he was going to get a big position. He was scary, very racist, very obviously a white nationalist. Uh, loves the cops, loves the cops. Yeah, and he's gone. Yeah, he's now he's gone. disgraced too. He's not even getting any of the uh, like resistance welcome because uh, he was forced out. <laughs> Uh, yes, he's resigning, but as he noted at the top of his uh, resignation letter, at your request, I'm submitting my resignation. An- uh, another another amazing thing about Sessions' legacy is his seat is gone. His seat is Doug Jones's now. That's true. So the Republicans just totally ate up one of their own and lost his Senate seat, and now he's out of a job. Uh they have not named any sort of replacement. I would not be shocked if Lindsey Graham gets the name, gets the uh, nod. I, I I don't know about you. Yeah, I feel like he wants to name He's Giuliani. He's been auditioning. He wants to name Giuliani, but Giuliani. Well, maybe he would get confirmed by the Senate. He probably would. Yeah. But let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, I could see that happening. Uh, here's the new uh, interim. The interim. The acting. Attorney General. This guy's the U.S. Attorney General right now. He's uh, Jeff Sessions' former chief of staff, a guy named Matthew Whitaker. He's a uh, former United States attorney from Iowa. And uh, (laughs) this is something interesting. He appeared on CNN last year. This is uh, something that was flagged by uh, Courthouse News. That's where I saw it. Uh, he, He appeared on CNN last year and was just one of those talking heads in a segment on like, you know, how can Trump get rid of Mueller, the special uh, special counsel Mueller? And here's what Whitaker said. Quote, I could see a scenario where Jeff Sessions is replaced with a recess appointment and that attorney general doesn't fire Bob Mueller, but he just reduces his budget so low that his investigation grinds to almost a halt. <laughs> well, there wasn't a recess appointment here, but Whitaker has found himself as the acting attorney general. And, I mean, who knows when uh, a new one would be confirmed, but I'm sure this guy will have budget control for a bit. So suddenly he finds himself 
in this position he was opining on. I wouldn't be surprised. I Look, I'm just speculating here. I'm allowed to do it every now and then on the podcast. Go for it. Uh, I don't know when this guy was hired as, as Jeff Sessions' chief of staff. I'm guessing it occurred after his appearance on CNN. I'm guessing this guy wasn't <laughs> Jeff Sessions' chief of staff last year and appearing on CNN talking about this stuff. But I'm guessing that Trump might have seen this guy <laughs> talking about this stuff yeah. and told Jeff Sessions to hire him. He, he takes his cues from TV. Yeah, give, all the time. Yeah, that is that is a, a it, pretty documented fact. It was. Uh, I, I'm looking now. I'm okay. not. Pr- I'm not proud to admit this. This is his Wikipedia page. I will just okay. straight up fucking admit it. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. Not. I know that's not the journalistic thing to uh, to say or do, but it was one month prior to jo- joining the DOJ that uh, he wrote uh, the opinion column for CNN titled Mueller's investigation of Trump is going too far. <laughs> wow. Then a month later, boom, Jeff Sessions, uh, chief of staff. I want to know how he was hired. Like I Trump, I think Trump is a giant doofus and rarely is he playing the sort of 12th dimensional chess that a lot of people ascribe to him. He's playing, but maybe he was in this case. Maybe he saw this guy on CNN or saw him on TV or something. and was like, I'm going to get, Jeff Sessions to hire this guy and then I'm going to fire Jeff Sessions and get this guy to replace him. Eh? I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Total speculation. I, I, I could here. see Trump putting pressure on Sessions and being like, hey, look, one way you could alleviate, uh, one way you could earn my confidence back is if you hire Matt Whitaker as your chief of staff. Yeah. And, and then, uh, this was weeks after Matt Whitaker wrote in CNN about the uh, probe going too far, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he I, he was he was appointed by Sessions. I I assume with great pressure from Trump. Now that the Democrats have the House, theoretically, we can find a lot of this stuff out through subpoena. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah. So uh, we are going to do a bit of a different show today. Not doing the regular newscast, just sort of recapping. Uh, last night, thanks to everyone who tuned in to our midterm coverage. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Sam Knight really pulled through. (laughs) People were were worried about you at first, and then people were regarding you as a hero, like Michael Jordan's flu game, (laughs) the way you were able to, to pull through one of the, one of the worst colds I've ever seen on an election night. (laughs) Yeah. It, it, I'm still struggling here, but, uh. You know, I'm basically a troop, so I'm going to ask for 15% off at Chipotle. (laughs) Should work. There are, I got to say, uh, you shouldn't worry about me. You should worry about intern suck. Can we talk about intern suck now? Are we going to wait till the end of the show? Let's talk about intern suck. (laughs) All right. uh, You got, you got intern suck? I got intern suck. All right. What? How are, are you, you going to go to the mouth cam here and uh, and and show show everyone what interns All right. suck? So, interns suck. I think it's pretty safe to say that interns suck is dead. I mean, there are a few little. You know what? As I look at them again, it's looking better than it was looking <laughs> the other day. Sam, can you confirm whether or not interns suck is looking better than interns suck was looking the other day? 
I am seeing uh, some prickliness here. There was no prickliness earlier. Like, I thought, okay, I thought Intern Suck was dead. It's not looking good. <laughs> it's still not looking good. But I can confirm that there is more prickliness. There is more cacti definition than there was just the other day. So reports of intern sucks death have been greatly exaggerated. I'm, I'm going to say there. Yes, I'm going to say I was all prepared to come on today and make plans for a ceremony later this week. Maybe we were going to light Viking burial. Yeah, we were going to probably light intern suck on fire live on the show. Um, but I'm not ready to pull the pull the cord just yet. That's that's incredible. In, intern suck. Rising like Lazarus. Yes. Uh, I wonder if we should still keep intern suck quarantine though, so we don't get interns Scully. Scully. Here, so. Yeah. I'm gonna just put intern. Where did I have intern suck last night? I should put him wherever I had him last night. He seems to have made a pretty strong I think recovery. He was overnight. over in the uh, living room. Yeah. Was All right. Not? That's All where right. he was. So that's room. the intern suck update. It's really intern suck in purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> not not ready to let go just yet. So. That's where we are. Okay. We'll keep you posted on that. All right, Sam. Uh, Shall we recap things uh, where we stand now after last night, after the election? Move on to our analysis. Yeah, yeah here. real quick. People are asking for a slower close up of intern suck okay. here. Okay. Okay. So, you know, maybe they'll be able to diagnose anything that's happening here. So I'm just going to hold it up there for a few more seconds. Holding it up, waiting for the chat. The the web MD, all the all right. plant hypochondriacs. Yep. All right. I think that's enough. I think that's enough. We'll check in on intern suck tomorrow. Pray though. Keep praying for intern suck. Keep the praying. prayers are working. Prayers are working. <laughs> prayers are working. All right. So uh, one of the I guess real disappointing things from that Dems took the house. We'll get to some positive things here. We'll talk about some of the good stuff I guess that happened if there is any good stuff, but. <laughs> Uh, Dems took the House, so that immediately puts an end to uh, much of the extremist agenda. Uh, although when I hear Dems talking about bipartisanship, as we've heard several Dems talk about in the wake of their uh, victory last night, uh, I immediately think of shit like cuts to Medicare and Social Security. Remember, it was Barack Obama who was proposing these things uh, in the name of bipartisanship. So... Uh, that that concerns me a little bit, but I was so disappointed that none of the outright ghouls lost last night. Yeah, Ron DeSantis won, Ted Cruz won, Steve King Steve won, King. John Forte won. Yeah, uh, uh, Duncan Hunter. Won. Duncan Hunter won. He's under indictment. The yeah, and also very racist. He ran a very racist campaign. Yeah. So, but as we went off the air, there was one race called. Scott Walker. Scott Walker, yes. Out. Out. Gone. Lost in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You lost in Wisconsin. <laughs> Scott Walker. Also, I, I guess we did note this last night, I think. Did we cover Chris Kobach losing on the air? Um, or did that happen after we went off That might have happened right after we went off the air. Either That's way, a really good one, too. Either way, yeah. Chris Kobach, governor of Kansas, has been at the forefront of uh, suppressing the vote all over the country. Yeah. It's just a fucking right wing whack job, Koch brothers, Aaron boy. And he fucking lost. He <laughs> lost. Uh, he lost. 
and that was that was very good. Um, a sad note as well. Prop ten in California rent control uh, that went down. I know there were a lot of uh, our friends on the West Coast in Cal. Well, <laughs> not just on the West Coast in California, which yeah. uh, does make up two thirds of the West Coast, uh, pretty much. The point is rent control. Prop ten went down. That's shitty. That sucks. There were some good notes. Medicaid expansion happened in three states, Utah, Nebraska, and Idaho. I think I recall seeing um, something saying that means 300,000 more people will get health care. So ballot initiatives, always left-wing ballot initiatives always pass. You got to get that shit on the ballot when, when people are voting on that directly. It always passes, even yeah, in there used states to be, like Nebraska. Yeah, there Idaho. used to be sort of a like a a strategy to not put these sort of issues on midterm uh, elections, but more and more it seems like these ballot initiatives are drawing people to the polls more than some of these lame ass candidates are. Yeah, yeah. Some updates on uh, races we were keeping an eye on yesterday. Poliquin, Bruce Poliquin, still up in the air, although it's leaning towards uh, his opponent, Golden. Jared Golden and Bruce Poliquin, the only remaining House Republican in New England. Looks like he's going to go for an exit, but we're still not sure. Dems, it looked like when we were going off there that they were going to win Kansas' uh, second district. They won. Yoder was, I think, the fifth or the third. They beat Yoder, but then they lost the second. They were ahead, mm. and then they lost it. Yeah. But they did flip one seat in Oklahoma, of all places. Steve Russell lost out in the fifth district interesting there and uh handle karen handle who beat john ossoff in that very famous special election she's gone <laughs> she's gone now <laughs> uh she lost the georgia six in like a lot lamb out like a lamb <laughs> i don't know what i'm going with there but uh anyway that's well, uh that's just some uh, recapping of yeah do we w- should we go over before we get to these uh the sort of aftermath of this election uh and get into the press conferences we saw uh today out of trump should we go over the fantasy scorecard uh it yeah let's do it. In it let's let's do that um well first uh there was the uh, dem pickups the right? dem where pickups. will dems win more this is uh in the zine if you guys fill these out um some of these are still pending uh, but go ahead. What do we have in this we, first one here? It was between California, Florida, and Pennsylvania. That was Pennsylvania, clearly. On air, I said Florida would, but huge disappointment out of Florida for Democrats. Huge, last huge, huge. Uh, New Jersey uh, versus Minnesota. Other than the felon uh, allowing uh, ex-felons to vote, that passing, that is good. Oh, in Florida, yeah, the yeah. ballot initiative. So the may- maybe next time around, Florida, yeah, yeah, maybe next time around, the electorate in Florida. Uh, will be more humane than it was. Anyway, uh, New Jersey and Minnesota, that was uh, maybe a close one, but while Dems picked up two in Minnesota, they lost one. Their net gain was plus one. It was plus three in New Jersey, picked up more in New Jersey. Virginia and Illinois, plus three Virginia, plus two Illinois, so that's Virginia. Nevada and Iowa, that was Iowa. They picked up two seats in Iowa. Democrats making that heartland comeback, baby. (laughs) Uh, this one is too soon to tell. It's Utah and Kansas. It's looking like Mia Love is going to lose in Utah. The Republican uh, in Utah it looks like she's going to lose her seat. So that would be plus one for Dems in Utah. Uh, they're right now plus one in Kansas. So it's looking like it's going to be a push or 
Kansas, a little too soon to tell there. For Arizona and Michigan, uh, it's looking like Michigan. I don't think Kirsten Cinema has any realistic shot Still of, uh, of clawing our way back. So it's either going to be push or Michigan uh, too soon to tell New York. They're still also uh, uh, wrangling over the 22nd district there, uh, New York versus Texas. So right now it's push because they're both at plus two, but it might be plus three for Dims in New York. Uh, North Carolina and Ohio, we can call this one. This is a push. Dims didn't pick up shit in either one. So uh, zero, zero there. Uh, interesting pairing by us. I think uh, some of these were, were very close. And uh, so count them up. If you had Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Virginia, Iowa, uh, probably push on Utah, Kansas, Michigan, probably. And I'm going to say New York, probably. That's where we're going. And then push on North Carolina, Ohio. Uh, but we'll, we'll get back for we'll, we'll certify these results yeah, uh, we'll revisit this. And then eventually. we have the uh, where will the GOP Senate candidate perform better? Yeah, Texas, North Dakota. It was North Dakota by a lot. Beto surprisingly did well, I got to say. Uh, Beto, I take my hat off to him, even though he talked like Obama, which was weird and creepy, and he should never have done that. Um, but he did He did well. GOP performed better in North Dakota. And we had Arizona and Missouri. Missouri, the uh, clear favorite there. Uh, Montana and West Virginia. Montana, they did better. They lost both, uh, but it was closer in Montana. Nevada, Florida. Florida, obviously, Rick Scott won that shit. Although, is there a recount? I'm not sure if there's going to be a recount or not at this point. I think there is. I th- well, Nelson's team is saying there Nelson, will be. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see about that. But it's, it's yeah, it's probably... Uh, either way, I think Rick Scott did better because Heller uh, lost uh, pretty comfortably. Tennessee, Nebraska, Mississippi. It was Nebraska where their margin, Republicans' margin of victory uh, was biggest. So North Dakota, Missouri, Montana, Florida, Nebraska were your answers there. Cool. And then we uh, had the final one, the lightning round that featured, will the dean of the house lose? We got the, the, the photo of Don. No, we don't have that. That was last night. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, yeah. Uh, Don Young. Don Young did not lose. He, so he no. hang on. Any uh, hang on. New England House Republicans next year? That still remains to be seen. Looks like no, though. I, I think uh, when, when the ranked choices happen, yeah. uh, Poliquin's going to go down. So that's probably no. A New Jersey Republican in either house next year? Yes, there is. Uh, there's going to be for sure because Chris Collins, the ha- uh, congressman, under indictment for insider trading has won his reelection. So he, he will be in there. Uh, I don't know how long he will be in there and whether or not he will be dragged out in handcuffs or what. Although I guess, uh, he, he was already arrested technically. Wasn't he? I, I don't, uh, anyway, the point is, is yes, Chris Collins, New Jersey Republican, uh, in the house. And so there's going to be a New Jersey Republican still at least one. And then uh, this is still still to be determined, I guess. Will there be a runoff in the Georgia gubernatorial race? Um, probably not, given uh, the way uh, Kemp has operated throughout this uh, process. He will deny any sort of accountability or oversight over these results. So, Yeah, when we were writing but, uh, this quiz, I think we kind of forgot how some of these things aren't uh, settled for a while. But eventually we will certify these results and uh, you can collect... Uh, whatever you bet your friends on. Yeah, and then the last one here, uh, will Democrats pick up any seats in Kentucky? 
They yeah. came close. They came very close. Bless them. But uh, Andy Barr hung on. Yep. All right. One of the uh, last bits of business to uh, attend to <laughs> from last night was, of course, the up against the wall. Uh, this is the uh, final. Well, the, some of these could still uh, get crossed out, but um, I guess we had, what, 26 out of 35? Uh, yeah. We Republicans got, getting crossed off the wall here. Had a lot of X's on our, uh, on our sheet. If you uh, followed along, you might have had bingo somewhere. Yeah. Um, 26 out of 35. Some of that survived. Uh, California's Jeff Denham, uh, Mimi Walters. These surviving for now, I should say. Some of these could still lose. Uh, we've got Andy Barr, who did survive last night. Tinny, oh, we should have uh, crossed out Tinny. It doesn't look like she's going to survive. Yeah, it hadn't been confirmed yet, as I saw no. this, but she does not look like she's going to make it. Fitzpatrick in the first, he's going to survive. Yeah, MacArthur, Bud, all Bud, survived. Chabot, Balderson, yeah, Balderson, Fitzpatrick. Uh, uh, Mia Love, actually, we forgot to cross her out, although it's well, still, still kind of early. Yeah, there's only, I think, 60% reporting. There's still a lot of a lot of votes out there, and she's only down like 3,000, but there's not. Tom MacArthur is probably going to survive, I think. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, that, that, that's that's the uh, up against the wall, who who is up against the wall, <laughs> and uh, you crossed him out. Yeah, I didn't put uh, all the devil horns on them, but hopefully you did uh, at home. So uh, we did see some reaction to uh, the news last night with Donald Trump giving a press conference uh, today in which he's oh, yeah. claiming victory. He won. Republicans have never held more seats in the Senate, my friend. <laughs> and this is, this is uh, all the other presidents. They lose seats, but not Trump. He won seats in the Senate. Yeah. Uh, he so. he claimed to be very pleased with the results, but he was clearly mad. Oh, he was very mad. He almost got in a fist fight with uh, Jim Acosta <laughs> from CNN at one point. He started. This is a new thing that he does, I guess. When he gets frustrated with the press, he just backs away from the podium, like he's like, "I'm just going to walk away from this thing and, until you all be quiet." Sort of like a teacher does, like with a kindergarten garden class. Yeah. And it worked actually. It's like everybody <laughs> backs down as soon as Trump walks away from the podium. It's like. They might get their access cut off to the president here by standing up to him. Let's immediately back down. But uh, yeah, I I was surprised because when when, uh, when he, before he came out, the, the the cable pundits were were going on their usual spiel. It's like, is Trump finally going to change? And I was a bit surprised by the tone he struck, where he was feeding off of what Pelosi said. In terms of bipartisanship, but I guess we do see him do these things from time to time where he's like, yeah, I want to work with Democrats. Of course I want to work with Democrats. And then like in 36 hours, Pelosi will tweet something about how he fired Jeff Sessions and it will sour the uh, the milk or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe he just says he'll work with Democrats and then Stephen Miller steps in his office and is like, no, remember, we have to preserve the white race in America. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that agenda that we're on. So, yeah, no deal. <laughs> there was a disgusting, there were disgusting moments in the press conference. Trump does this thing where whenever a uh, foreign reporter speaks oh, yeah. and they have some kind of accent, he's like, he belittles them and says, I can't understand you. I don't even know what you're saying. Yeah. And uh, he obviously does know what they're saying because he responds to the the question. And there's some dipshit New York reporter who's like, "I'm from the Bronx. You'll yeah, understand from, me." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, 
you know what you know what I'm saying when I want to get a classic slice and a bagel down at the bodega and uh yeah the uh there was one good moment of Trump uncouthness and that during the press conference and that was when he started ripping on uh the republic the house republicans yes. that lost that was good one as hell. by one and he was naming them and claiming I I don't think this is necessarily true but he was basically claiming that all the house republicans who didn't accept uh, his help were the ones who lost. It's, it, it's it, completely not true. Well, like 30 different House Republicans that uh, wanted his help that he tweeted in support for or <laughs> went and talked for lost. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, but but he was pointing out the ones like Comstock. Yeah. If, if Trump had shown up for Comstock, she probably would have lost by 30, yeah. I would imagine. But th- that was pretty funny. And we had one guy who was not happy uh, who was it? Again? It was Ryan Costello Costello. from Pennsylvania. You're closest. Can you read? Can you read out what he tweeted there? Sure. Uh, to deal with harassment and filth spewed at GOP members of Congress in tough seats every day for two years because of POTUS. To bite your lip more times you, than you'd care to. To disagree and separate from POTUS on principle and civility in your campaign. To lose because of POTUS and give and have him piss on you, angers me to my core. Yeah. Why don't you cry about it when you're looking for jobs on Craigslist, bitch? <laughs> I saw I saw someone point out on Twitter that uh, that Costello had voted with Trump like ninety five percent of the time. Yeah, did did he did he bite his lip when he did that no. whole time when he's carrying the water for him? Shut the fuck up, <laughs> cry me a fucking river. You're just upset because you lost. Yeah, we also uh, saw Nancy Pelosi speak today as as well as last night, both times uh, talking about coming to bipartisan <laughs> solutions. You know, forgetting that we are dealing with uh, a president that ran one of the most uh, uh, racist white nationalist midterm campaigns we've ever seen, let alone a presidential campaign from two years ago. Straight up, you don't usually see the White House directing uh, the military and all uh, resources at its disposal toward a racist white supremacist midterm campaign. But you, know, you know, I don't expect Nancy Pelosi to get up there and say we're going to stonewall him at every uh, stop we got. But, like, why do you have to extend the olive branch to this? Like, to a side that is just intent on talking past you no matter yeah, what. It's not just l- learning from Trump. It's what we've learned for the past 10 years yeah. now. Yeah. Ten years Nancy Pelosi's been there, which is why, to me, there's no question that there needs to be a new speaker. And there, obviously Chuck Schumer needs to step the fuck down, too. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of anybody who had a worse night than Chuck Schumer last night. Chuck Schumer, whose entire goal over the last two years was we we got to protect the, the red state Dems and one by one. Yeah. Boom. Donnelly. Boom. McCaskill. Boom. Uh, Heitkamp. Who am I leaving out? Mansion one, but still three. Yeah, that, that's that's Donnelly. a big loss. Yeah. And when that when, was your whole fucking strategy, yes, that was why that was why you gave Republicans all those judges. Yep. So that you could send these Democrats back home to campaign, and they all fucking lost. And now all these judges are sitting in these positions around the country. So well done, Chuck. Chuck's got to well go. Chuck's, Chuck's got to go. go. I don't think I think Pelosi will go. I don't think it's up to her. She has to win an election uh, to become Speaker of the, the House. The problem is that election will probably happen before these new these new members come in. I yeah. They want to have that election in, like, December or something. Um, the other problem is, look, 
there's nobody else who's come forward seeking the position that's worth a damn. Like we all have fantasies of Barbara Lee, yeah. someone being Speaker of the House. But you see Barbara Lee appearing today next to Nancy Pelosi at a press conference. I don't see Barbara Lee mounting a campaign for that. So like there are no other options. Like she's got the whole Democratic caucus bowing to her on this thing, except the one dude Tim who Ryan. Uh, Tim well who no, who's the dude who uh who was talking basketball to you at the bar? Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan. That was yeah. Tim Ryan. Oh, I thought you said Tim Moran. Yeah, Tim Tim Ryan. Uh yeah, other than him who's kind of a dipshit himself. Yeah, he is a total dipshit. But I you know, i I just I I know it's like kind of a, a knee-jerk take to have to just be like it, literally anyone would be better than yeah. her, but literally anyone would be better than her and we because see the, the message it sends in terms of accountability and, and Pelosi can just lose fucking time and time again. And, uh, you know, everything that everything good that her name is attached to happens in spite of her, not because of her. Yeah. Bush. 2006 that was republicans fucking it up uh 2008 that was all obama that had nothing to do with pelosi yeah uh 2010 or what her master strategy to uh completely lose control of the house after just two years that that was great anyway anyway preaching to the choir we, we were watching uh what was it jim Clyburn, the number three democrat uh. the first question they ask him uh with the majority are you guys going to begin probing the president or uh trying to reach out on some bipartisan solution. He's like, oh, we're going to keep reaching out. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some stuff done that we can both agree on. It's like, you won't. You won't. No. no. Uh, shall we move on to talk about turnout? Yeah, turnout. It, it was pretty high. It was, uh, according to the BBC, it was about as high as 47%. It's the highest it's been since the 60s. Roughly, look at that spike. If you're watching, yeah, that is a big turnout. It is a big turnout, presidential style. I will note, though, interesting that uh, turnout was high in the uh, in the mid '60s when when labor was stronger. Midterm turnout. I don't know if you're if you're engaged. If you if you like democracy in your workplace, you're more likely to uh, participate in it. In, in real life, and uh, these things feed off each other. So, just another reason uh, why Democrats are are letting Republicans sort of run the roost over them recently. No, no, no love for the unions. Speaking of Pelosi, I I love to bring this up. Yeah, that's an interesting point. But in um, in two thousand and after two thousand and eight, after Dems won everywhere, they uh, there were a majority of House members that co-sponsored EFCA, the Employee Free Choice Act. Uh, basically made it a lot easier a to lot easier to, to form a union it would have it did it, Pelosi did not even bring it up for a vote did not even bring it up for a vote because I don't think she I think she wanted to not embarrass the moderates in the Senate who didn't who didn't want it to deal with it but what what is that fucking what kind of this message does of that send about your done. party yeah this is sort of getting it done we need from where, the next where speaker Obama was like in, in the campaign like folks I uh, uh, folks I uh, I'll walk. I'll, I'll walk on the picket line, folks, and uh, I'll re I'll renegotiate NAFTA for the unions, and and you can't even get a vote on EFCA when there is a fucking majority of the House co-sponsoring it. Yeah, 
Anyway, what so tur- turnout would be higher. We, we, it, the point is we'd see higher turnout if uh, Democrats did more for labor. We are uh, nearing the final months of Paul Ryan's career in the House for now. I wouldn't doubt if he returns one day to that or the Senate or somewhere. But uh, uh, how relevant was he this time around? He was not that relevant. I feel like some of this has to do with the fact that he wanted to try to help out people who were in trouble. Here I am, I guess, uh, uh, apologizing for Paul Ryan's (laughs) failures already. But so he, he, he endorsed, he campaigned for people uh, in a number of states. And I'm just going to read out uh, his, his batting average, I guess, his, his, uh, how, how he did. His, uh, when, what do you say when, you, when a, a hitter was like one for three that night? What is that called? I don't know. Whatever. Don't know. Well, anyway, so like Ryan, Ryan... above the Mendoza line is <laughs> 200. <laughs> so Ryan was two for four in New York. He was one for three in New Jersey. Zero for one in Pennsylvania, zero for two in Minnesota, zero for two in Iowa, two for two in Illinois, one for one in Michigan, zero for one in Kansas, two for two in North Carolina, uh, zero for two in Virginia, one for one in Kentucky, and one for four in his home state of Wisconsin. Ooh, ouch. He did manage to uh, get his seat secure, his own seat He did, he did. Iron Stash did not end up winning that. Yep. All right, so some final thoughts uh, on election night. Um, I am uh, sympathetic to the idea that despite some some high-profile losses, I think when you look at uh, Gillum losing and O'Rourke losing, and it's easy to uh, be pretty disappointed by that, but I think I, I am pretty sympathetic to this idea that, that they mounted campaigns that did change the electoral map and lay some groundwork that can be used going forward um i mean in the gillum race it's <laughs> it's hard to deny the role that racism likely played in that in that 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 election in florida as someone who's from florida yeah and uh saw a lot of it down there um i mean gillum ran a good race he did, he did run and desantis ran an awful campaign i mean i guess he ran a campaign to appeal to that that Trump white nationalist base, he had his kid building a wall in a commercial. Yeah, uh, he was openly flirting with racists, and it pulled off for him. Yeah, that that that's a real uh, it's a real kick in the arse. I I uh, I can't help but but think about the polling being so favorable to Gillum in the in the in the days coming up to it, and thinking that voter suppression had something to do with it like just try i'm again i'm not saying that maybe what we had here was the uh a a repeat of the uh what's known as the shy tory phenomenon where people tell pollsters one thing and then they get inside the voting booth and they're like you know what i'm a fucking racist i can't vote for andrew gillum when when no one's looking so maybe that was it Maybe it was voter suppression. Either way, we yeah, should, I mean, we should the, probably saw Florida and push it out into the middle of I the mean, sea. The number one reason is voter suppression here. I mean, that is what's happening here. Hopefully, uh, with the restoring felon voting rights amendment passing, something can be done with that, about that. But that, but but the the suppression occurs at a layer above that. Even even if you are eligible to vote, it's hard to to get out there and vote, and you still can have your name purged at any moment. 
uh, and still have to endure long lines and broken machines. I mean, I, I'm I'm a little sympathetic to the idea that maybe it was Gillum tacking a little to the center, but uh, maybe I'm just looking for confirmation bias. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, so, maybe uh, I think it happened just too close to the uh, to the election. I, I'm not sure how many voters were going to be like, "Yeah, I'm voting for Gillum." Up oh, there's Hillary Clinton. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that only applies to like me and maybe three other people. But yeah, true. Maybe some people were extremely online. I don't know, but. Definitely, I feel like uh, the the Florida races will be ones to 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 study to really sort of look for data uh, and and reasons uh, uh, why things didn't happen the way they did. Uh, Ohio too, where you had Sherrod Brown winning and Rich Cordray losing, yeah, both Democrats. Uh, some interesting uh, stuff to parse through there, I guess. If uh, if that's the kind of thing that you like doing, looking looking at electoral data. Looking ahead, though, to 2020, may I look ahead to 2020? Sure. Should we do that? Yeah, well, real quick, just before, just to kind of put the bow on 2018, um, I think it's going to be real interesting to see what Democrats' strategy is going to be. It needs to be two-part. It needs to be heavy on investigations and subpoenas. Absolutely. I still support impeaching Trump. I still think there's a case to impeach Trump. And I think you can do two things at the same time. Work to impeach Trump. At the same time, be passing legislation that represents the agenda you want to bring forward. Yeah, You for talked sure. about this morning, raising the minimum wage. They, they should be doing that day one. They should not hold... Pass single-payer health care. Yeah. Although, the, the especially with the $15 minimum wage, like you don't need to hold hearings on this. We need a higher federal minimum wage. There's absolutely no reason to hold a hearing on this. It should be passed the first day that Nancy Pelosi or whoever has the gavel. Yeah. It w- imagine that statement of intent. Imagine, because a lot of times when you have split uh, uh, chambers like this, something the House does, it doesn't really fucking matter. The press doesn't report it anyway, because who cares? Uh, Republicans repealed Obamacare, what, like 60 times yeah. when, when they had the House and Dems had the Senate. So imagine Dems, first day, headlines, boom. Dims pass. Dims pass. Fucking fifteen dollar minimum wage. First day, no hearings. They just pass it. Imagine what that would do for the Democratic Party brand. Yeah, just do that sort of stuff. Republicans had the whole repeal and replace bullshit. Impeach and replace. You know, <laughs> we're gonna impeach Trump because he's blatantly corrupting. Uh, he, he's he's a corruption, and he's using the uh, White House to enrich his own business and himself. The courts have found this. Yes. Uh, it's pretty clear he uh, uh, impeded on justice. Um, so Lying to whip up racist hatred, yes, openly yes. sympathizing with fucking Nazis. Yes, there's there's more than enough to there's put in, in articles enough. of impeachment. But like, have a little working group that's working on the impeachment case and then start passing this legislation. When it comes to this legislation, this will be where a lot of these new lefties who have been elected... Uh, can can wield some power, and I'm curious. You know, it's 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 easy. It didn't used to be, but it's gotten a lot easier to run as a leftist in elections. Yeah, in a lot of areas. Do you think Ocasio Cortez will be able to get a vote on Medicare for all? I don't. Well, what but... I'm saying is, it's easy now to run as a leftist. I think it's going to be a lot harder to, to govern, govern as yeah. a leftist with all the influences and just the sort of uh. I, I mean, I don't know if these people will get enamored by working on the Hill and feel like they suddenly have, like, this duty to reach across the aisle. Ugh. But I sure hope they don't. 
Yeah, sure fucking hope they don't. Sure hope not. All right, you, you looking ahead. Looking ahead. to bring up the Senate. 2020. Uh, so another thing about the uh, waveness or whatever, last night the map was very favorable to Republicans. 2020 looks a lot better for Dems. We got uh, some Republicans who are looking like they will be vulnerable. Susan Collins, of course, comes to mind. Uh, Shelley Moore Capito in West Virginia. Tom Tillis, North Carolina. Joni Ernst, Iowa. Mitch McConnell, maybe. Uh, he probably will win. But either way, it's fun to say that he might be vulnerable. Cory Gardner is definitely very vulnerable in Colorado. Uh, Danes in Montana, a bit of a stretch. Kyle, Arizona, stretch. Pat Roberts, Kansas, definitely a stretch. But, but Dems won a Senate-wide election in Kansas. You know, they, yeah. they have the governor there. So if, if the Democrats can win one Senate -wi uh, statewide election in Kansas, maybe another. Meanwhile, on the other hand, there are some uh, Dems who are looking vulnerable. Most uh, notably, Doug Jones is up in 2020. I would bet that, uh, well, maybe they will nominate Roy Moore again. <laughs> Doug no, Jones is Alabama. the type of guy that's going to tack real fast to the right yeah. in the uh, in the year leading up to his election and oh. then just lose by 15 points. Or, or maybe he will... Uh, run with the brilliant strategy of Republicans will definitely nominate Roy Moore again. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> we also have Jean Shaheen, uh, New Hampshire, though I don't know how vulnerable she actually is, and Martin Heinrich in New, in New Mexico. But Dems could potentially, with this, with this map that we're looking at and how things are spreading, not, not, not too far-fetched to say they could win back the Senate in 2020, uh, but they're Democrats, so we know they fucking won't. We, hey, we've got a whole primary battle to <laughs> stick out before then, and uh, I'm just waiting to see who's going to jump in the race over the next few who's weeks. Who's going to jump in? Other than Delaney, Congressman yeah, Delaney, Delaney who, already who, <laughs> who's been running for, what, like two years now? Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's the show. But before we go, we do have some haikus to read. We're going to put them at the end of the show here. It's the first time, so uh, let's... Uh, Let's get to the poetry for the new subscribers. Guess I'll go first. This one goes out to Joseph. I'm the big winner, I yell after a clear loss. I'm still the winner. Thank you, Joseph. This is for Christian. Protect the red states, Chuck Schumer yells to the void. Then his pants fall down. Thank you, Christian. This is for Pat. The Dems and fascists working together to pass infrastructure bills. Thank you, Pat. Finally, this is for Bethany. Bipartisanship. It's back in a big way now. Means test prison camps. <laughs> Thank you, Bethany. Thanks to all the new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. I know we uh, the show we uh, made public. It's not just on our Patreon stream right now, but you get the show uh, every day. If you subscribe, you get your own haiku. Uh, you get to watch the Sentinel cast or listen to the Sentinel cast at the end of the week. You get to participate in the garbage can proceedings. It's well worth it. You get the zine. Did you talk about the zine? I they, didn't talk about they, that. They, I didn't you forgot get, the zine. You get the zine. You get, get the semi-weekly zine. You get to participate in the chat 
which yeah, we occasionally read stuff. What's going on uh, in the chat here? What is going on in the chat? First of all, I want to apologize to the chat. I didn't participate in the chat really last night during the coverage. I was uh, very much focused, shifting between tabs, uh, looking looking at election stuff. So I, di- I didn't get to commiserate with everyone over the uh, state of intern suck. And I just want to apologize uh, for now. Kevin says, beta o'dork. <laughs> Ivan says, I borrowed Beto's F-bomb. I'm so fucking proud of you guys. <laughs> Randall says, did you see Internate last night? He's the principal in Eastbound and Down. At least he's not uh, Stevie or whatever. Uh, Luke says, they tricked us. Suck lives. Then uh, I tricked myself. We, we we did trick ourselves. Nate is a tall boy, is what Luke says. Joseph he's not, referring, he's not. yeah, he's not that tall actually. Joseph referring to intern suck, not dead, not really alive either. <laughs> Y'all, don't know if the Sams are addressing this anytime soon. It says Alex, but Amazon might be putting one of their HQs in Crystal City. That's Northern Virginia. Local DSA has a big fight ahead, but if you could whisper, kill Jeff Bezos before bed, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> We'll leave that to the Street Fight Boys. We, yeah, I did not just uh, actually say that. I was just reading. Uh, I'm just reporting the news here. You, you can't sue me. Uh, Luke says, Amazon is thinking of putting themselves in Long Island City, which would definitely make our gentrification issues worse. It's, it's almost like wherever Amazon goes, it's just going to bring fucking ruin. Uh, Ivan says, GA recount is still up in the air uh, in response to a question from the chat. Uh, Kevin says, anime bread? Anime bread is what he says. Luke says solidarity to our troop. I think he means me because I was saying what I was or inter or intern suck. I'm not uh, entirely sure. <laughs> Zuck is not yet at. Uh, oh wait, no, I can't. Uh, Joseph says no Medicare, Medicaid, or Social Security cuts. All caps. Full agree. Uh, Alex uh, Joseph says Virginia going blue. Alex says we're grilling brat <laughs> canning comp stock. Nice. All right, let's leave it there. Thank you for watching. Let's do it. Uh, Thank you for watching. Yeah. Call the rant line, 202-684-6108. There's a message from Keister in there. Uh, forgot to play it. We'll play it on tomorrow's show. We'll play Keister's message. Thanks for calling, Keister. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, the Congressional Dish podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, levelnews.org. Again, if you haven't yet, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're here in D.C. so that you don't have to be.